0: to another episode of my podcast inner healing paths i'm your host rosa and the episode that you're about to listen is actually a very special episode for me this was um, a conversation that i had with my dear friend sandra Sencio. and i was just so grateful to her for coming on and sharing her wisdom her knowledge on healing from trauma Sandra is a mental health therapist and she used a technique or a therapy modality known as EMDR which stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing Therapy. So in the episode Sandra explains a little bit about what this therapy approach involves, how it's helpful in healing from trauma, Sandra also shares on her journey, her journey of becoming a therapist. And I actually didn't know the story, so I was very intrigued to learn how she decided to become a therapist. So again, this was such a special interview. Sandra is such a dear friend. She's such a kind person, and, and I was just so glad that she was able to come, and I'm so happy to share our conversation with you all so without further ado here's a conversation with my friend sandra asensio take a listen hi sandra hi rosa thank you so much i'm doing good thank you so much for coming on and and doing this podcast interview with me it's great to be here (laughs) yes so sandra let's go let's let's just go right in so tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you, you that you do so our listeners can get to know you a little bit better.
1: Yeah, of course. So hi everyone. Um, my name is Sandra Asensio. Um, I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I've been in, I want to say the, the field of helping others, right? Um since 2009 Um and doing my private practice for eight years now. So um, presently, you know, one of the, the areas that I focus on, um, that I'm passionate about is, um, working with clients who have experienced trauma, feel really strongly about that. And, you know, just being able to help others heal from those experiences.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. And, you know, as you know, this podcast is called inner healing paths, because, you know, I believe that there are so many ways that people can heal from from childhood wounds and trauma. So from just from your perspective, from your experience, how do you see healing happen? How or or how does healing
1: happen? That's a good question. And I, and I really like how you, you're explaining you know, that healing happens in different mediums, right? Um, it can be through spiritual healing. It can be with connecting with others, um, getting in touch with your body, right? Um, the type of healing that I like to work with is the healing where we're processing the events that happened to the individual Um, and it's a journey, you know, because oftentimes people come in and they say, oh, Sandra, why don't we, you know, work on this trauma, you know, and it could be a big trauma or it can be something that just happened once. Um, and what I often find is that these events are connected to other events, right? And sometimes we continue to repeat um, those events in different relationships, um, the way that we go about our lives. Um, and so then when I began working with people, one of the things that I tried to do is really identify, right? The reason that they're coming in for, being able to say, okay, this is a, the trauma that you're identifying and let's see what else is going on. So a lot of it is just eliciting a little bit of that information. Um, And one of the methods that I really find that really helps people in this process, because we're, you know, it's it's kind of like that Band-Aid that we're carrying around. And, you know, when you're peeling it off, it's, oh, my God, just the apprehension it's going to hurt. I don't want to do it right until, you know, you have somebody really encouraging you and reassuring you that you'll be okay, and that you're going to come out a lot better from that. And sometimes it's really fast, the process, and other times it might take some time. So the method that I like using because it really gets people to like talking about some of these traumas that they have experienced is EMDR, and that's really an acronym for eye movement, desensitization, reprocessing. That's that's a big, (laughs) you know, words that we use to describe a modality. But I find, you know, like that just, just the questions when I do therapy, and I just, you know, say, hey, you know, tell me about this. Tell me about the the earliest memory that you have when you experience this. And 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 just people, we just they just start talking, and it's it's really powerful to see a lot of the emoting that happens, and even in that space, I can see how there's permission for them to hold, right? That part of themselves that experienced that trauma, whether it was in childhood, whether it was in adulthood, but it gives them that ability to talk about it. And that's what is so efficient with this treatment, right? Like the ability to talk about this or hold it in such a place where you're no longer scared of it.
0: Yeah, it is such a powerful tool. And for those listeners that are not too familiar with EMDR, um, how would you just very briefly, how would you describe it to someone, you know, that just wants to get started, maybe thinking about, because there's so many approaches out there, right? For for therapy yeah. and, and EMDR, I, I see it as a staple. It, it really is, um, mm-hmm. you know, one of those tools that, or, or, strategies or techniques that they're just so so powerful and a lot of therapists use um so for listeners that are considering their options how would you describe the EMDR work that you do with folks
1: yeah of course you know one of the things that I definitely am mindful of when a person is approaching me and they're interested in EMDR I want to know what drove them to this treatment modality because you know Part of the training in EMDR is that you as a therapist get to be on the client's seat, you get to be the person that is talking about some of the difficult experiences that you've had right that's to say we all had some type of trauma some type of hardship. Um, So then I'm curious right like I want to know about that, because in reality EMDR is. It's it's an effective modality, it's a staple, like you mentioned, a lot of clinicians um, are are receiving training on it, but also know and understand that sometimes EMDR will be a a really good fit for some people, and it might not be for other people. So I always, you know, kind of, you know, kind of want to get that information and then assess to see if there are appropriate candidates for this modality. You know, because I know that once they leave this room, it's going to help, but they might be living very flooded, right? Because they just unlock Pandora's box, you know, so that's the way that I see and that's the way that I explain it, right? There's going to be that disturbance and that sometimes you're going to dissociate because you're going in deep and that's why you need a clinician that is going to be able to support you and help you through that process and really explain to you what is happening? What is this experience? And how come is it that, you know, you thought that the trauma was this issue that is actually connected to another bigger issue, right? So in other words, people come in for a traumatic event, the process of EMDR, EMDR encourages us to identify, right? Key moments. And part of it is saying explaining that This key moment is, it's almost like an error, right? The way that we saved it in our brain, we saved it when we were in moments of terror, agitation, right? And what we're looking to do is bring that information up and have a different narrative about it. Begin to say, instead of this thing happened to me, be able to say, this is how I'm doing better now, right? So kind of coming from this place that you've been able to get past that, and you might not even see it because that the error message is still there. So you're pretty much kind of cleaning it up, cleaning up that memory and putting it back in. What it does to the person is that they're, they're no longer triggered or there's less trigger for them. So they're not either, you know, kind of withholding. Or having a lot of that emotional dysregulation, or when they're reminded of something, they're not shutting down, or you know, experiencing or re-experiencing. And then, of course, you have the movement. You know, the eye emphasis is that how we're stimulating these memories, how we bring them up, and how we, you know, processing it is by the eye stimulation, right? So, what we do is we have people track our fingers, you know, and I think that this is vertical, right? Like no, or sometimes I am that
0: horizontally. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes there's different patterns, right? It could be horizontally
1: up and down sideways. Yeah. 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 You know, so, so that's the piece that I think is key in this treatment, right? Because, you know, something I explain to people in trauma is, you know, and you might also know this about me, Rose, I'm also a very attachment based therapist. And I explain to people like, If you experienced a traumatic event when you were seven years old, when that event happened, you were seven years old. You did not have all this knowledge that you have now as an adult and all of this other information that you're attaching to this. So then that's why I like this approach because you're really honing in on that specific piece of memory that you stored in there when you were seven years old.
0: Uh, thank you for that explanation. And, and and it's so true. And, you know, a lot of times we respond when we get triggered now, you know, it's, it, it, for those that have experienced trauma, when we respond to a trigger, and, and if it happened, at, like you said, seven years old, we respond with a seven year old. reaction right like it because like you said it gets stored in that way your body's response it's almost like a snapshot you know Mm -hmm. of uh, your sense of, of your nervous system and you respond from that from that point, from uh, from a seven-year-old's um, nervous system response and, um, and trauma responses. So I, I I love the way you explained EM, EMDR because um, absolutely, and you know, I do a lot of work with, with the inner child. And what I found with some of my clients is that as we're processing, you know, I don't necessarily talk about the inner child in, in, in that way in therapy, but what I've know what I've noticed and what I found through my work is that the, the this inner child comes up in the session, and we inevitably go to that place and we connect with that seven year old, right? And in EMDR gives you a very direct link to your inner child. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, and I think that
1: that's. Where the meaningful and healing work lies, right? Because all this stuff, it's it's kind of locked in. And when you really let that child kind of say, "This is what I experience," and you know, when you bring in the resourcing, right? And for EMDR, the resourcing is the ways to cope with those memories, right? And I really love you know, attachment-based EMDR, because the idea of bringing, you know, images of somebody that's strong, like Superman or Wonder Woman, somebody that is motherly, right? I had a wonderful patient that, that spoke to me about Sesame Street, and one of the, they have a lot of, you know, kind of parental figures, right? And they really identify with those parents. And they were able to bring that image into resourcing that seven-year-old, right? So you have those components that really help facilitate that healing.
0: So, so wonderful. I I love that. You know, I, I do a lot of that work. Um And this is where I combine the ancestors Mm -hmm. um, in the trauma therapy arena, um, because this is for a lot of uh, clients, you know, bringing in these these protective parental figures. is just so, so powerful, but it could really be anything, right? Like you said, it's Sesame Street characters or some of the the uh, the characters not necessarily the puppets but maybe even the puppets right but I mean the the adults in the show um, I've had people also connect with their grandmothers and it's just so so fascinating to see how our mind just goes there right And, and to see what is what it what is being um elicited in that moment for the purpose of healing. And I do really, you know, I, I know EMDR is very much science based and there's a lot of lots and lots of research. Mm-hmm. But I it's also I've had sessions where it just feels very spiritual, you know, especially when, when, um, when the clients connect to other um, other figures that are not necessarily in human form. I don't know if you had that experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they they talk about uh, you know God, of course, and the universe, and angels, and it just takes on this whole other spiritual element that is. An, I I see it as an added layer to the healing. That is when we as trauma therapists, you know, we that's not necessarily where we guide, but. the patients sometimes or the clients just go there and, and spirit just takes care of
1: them in that in that way right yeah and and it's fascinating because our training right tells us let them go with that right let them explore what that means because for the client that's that's the reassurance right that's the guidance that's the protective maternal wise you know being that they need to help them to process their trauma and to heal and to be better and absolutely the fascinating thing is that they can continue to apply these resources on and on
0: uh so wonderful and and sandra it just just uh for our listeners how did you How did you get into this field of doing trauma work? How did you find your calling for for helping others heal in this way? Um,
1: You know, it's it's a long story, so concise, that story, right? So, you know, um, I started working at a community mental health clinic. And that's just when I graduated from high school, right? And it was a part-time job. And as many of the listeners perhaps know, you know, I'm a Latina, bilingual, English speaking and Spanish speaking. So this clinic that I was working at was a clerk. So it so happened that a lot of the therapists that were there did not speak Spanish and our population was 90% Spanish speaking, right? So one day they just brought me in to translate. And here I was translating these these stories, right? These um, stories of survival, these stories of traumas and abuse um, that a lot of these people were experiencing. And I saw a need for bilingual therapists. So that got me interested in psychology, that got me interested in child development, and I pursued that. Then I became um, a social worker, clinical social worker, um, and I continued to work with that population: children and trauma. Yeah. So, uh, so you a lot of your
0: experience I know has been with kids, also, right? And mm-hmm. and. Uh, babies, right? You, you also worked yeah. with the little ones, yeah. um, you know. So can you tell us a little bit more about that that line of work and working with the with the tiny the tiny ones?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so um, so I I attended UCLA where I was pursuing my degree in psychology, and then they had the minors in applied developmental psychology, which is really working with the baby babies, you know and that's where we can fascinated about development by motor skills learning how do you know kids become bilingual and why is it so fast for them you know so but i also learn you know about hey you know what impacts brain development right and it's usually neglect trauma when the mom is going through severe depression and anxiety right so my goal then became hey i want to work with the little ones So I can really educate the parents and I can really work with the child to develop or help the bonding between mom and child or foster parent and child. So I began working at a clinic uh, in the Valley and there, the clinic specifically there worked for, you know, zero to five. So birth to five. And I think a lot of us might think, you know, how can a little tiny baby experience trauma, right? Um, so a lot of the trauma that babies are experiencing is in the form of their attachment, right? Sometimes when um, mom, you know, uh, or they, they get removed from parents' care, that attachment, right, um, gets, I don't wanna say broken, but in other words, right, that's what happens. And now the child is moved to another environment that is strange to them. And they begin to have like a lot of, you know, difficulties regulating and trusting. So that's one form of trauma that I worked a lot on, right? Like helping these kids develop secure attachment with that grandparent, that foster parent or whatever caregiver they were in. Then the ones that, you know, experienced some type of abuse. Right. So you shouldn't play therapy, you know, always. And for me, it was always fascinating because kids are just amazingly resilient and they're willing to go there because, as opposed to us as adults, we're kind of like, no, like, I want to do that. I want to remember. Right. Kids are willing and ready to talk and they're showing you this with their behaviors, with the way that they're playing and interacting with you. And you just need to be willing to go in there with them, right? And that's
0: a lot of the work that I do. Okay. Well, that, that you know that brings to mind. You mentioned kids are so resilient and they're so they're so open to mm-hmm. to the intervention and the help. You know, I, I heard somewhere I don't know where, but I heard that you know the reason why kids really they're they're so wise. A lot of times they're so intuitive. They they have a gut feeling that's stronger than. Uh, adults sometimes. And that's just because it hasn't been that long since they've been in this realm. Right. So they kids, I think of my daughter and how, you know, she has certain reactions to certain people and she's like 20 months and she already knows, you know, so much. And yeah. And I read somewhere that it's because it, it hasn't been that long since they were, you know, in the spirit form, they, they still have, they haven't been, disrupted with life you know and and they still have that innocence and openness um Mm -hmm. and curiosity for life that of course over the years um through you know life and trauma gets gets taken or gets shifted and, and you know and they become adults and you know but but i i love that you know and i do believe like so much um powerful work can be done directly with children. And at the same time, I, I could imagine, uh, because I work with children too, and, and I could imagine for you, um, sometimes it is frustrating as a child therapist, uh, because they are a product of the environment. And sometimes, you know, working with the parents is sometimes 80% of the work, right. And, and, and helping the parents, uh, heal and that's where the generational trauma piece comes through right and and sometimes helping the parents heal becomes even more uh important because through their healing is how they can really help their little ones
1: yeah. with
0: what whatever is going on it's with them
1: exactly because when you know a parent brings us their child they're like fix him right um with the work that i i did in this community mental health clinic they piloted a program where, yes, the child was a client, but we recognize that the parent would benefit for their own individual therapy. And that allowed for that parent to work on their own issues, you know, whatever was coming up for him, because that little one, and probably you, you experienced this yourself, Rosa, is that little one triggers your own traumas whatever those might be, right? And especially when they're at a the certain age that that trauma happened to you, that's when you will see us as the parent. I'm talking about you. No, yeah, no, absolutely.
0: I see it, yeah. you know,
1: now that I'm a mom,
0: it's like every every stage mm-hmm. triggers you in a different way. And, you know, me being, you know, a therapist and having all these tools and doing a, having done a lot of the of the healing journey myself, still very much on the process, still healing from a lot. I get I still get triggered sometimes. And and it has um, since becoming a parent, it has really pushed me to continue my healing to to seek out you know my own support system through a therapist through energy work through spirituality because it is um it does it brings up so much stuff that you thought you had already worked through and then here you have a little one and it's uh, just staring at you in the face when it comes to the, your triggers mm-hmm. yeah
1: so you know i, I encourage parents you know. To, to really seek that help for themselves. Um, and it, it really facilitates understanding, right? Of, hey, my child is not trying to make me crazy, you know? And you separate the two. And that's
0: the key, right? To be able to separate, to say, okay, this is my baby being a baby. Yeah. And this is, these are my, you know, these are my <laughs> issues, my triggers. Yeah. Yeah. Such important work, and I just feel like there's not enough um, programs out there in the community, especially in the communities that are so where this this is such a huge need. Where there's, I mean, I think trauma is everywhere, of course, but there's communities that are just impacted with just a higher level of or layers. Of trauma right with societal and systemic and it's just and i just feel like there's not enough i mean i didn't know there was programs like like what you just described i didn't know there was a program designed for that for to address really the generational piece right because you know trauma is passed on
1: yeah you know and and i think that working at the center we will always just kind of say is the parent <laughs> parent is having a hard time parent you know is in a very difficult contagious relationship with their partner or spouse or the family or responsible you know and and the child's manifesting a lot of that stuff right
0: absolutely so uh, Sandra um, one question that I have for you you know what are some of the things that you feel that you would have love to know back then when you were just starting out that you know now and that you feel would have been so helpful
1: (laughs) oh that's a really big question um I when I started you know I I wish somebody would have really sat down with me and explained the aspects of you know, therapy and social work and, you know, going to grad school, it's nothing compared to what you actually do in a therapy session. Um, I, I think I follow my gut feeling and my passion to work with kids um, and, and to wanna help others process their trauma stories, right? And change them uh, or change the narrative. I think for me, I would have pushed myself <laughs> to finish, you know, and get my doctorate degree because, you know, like, even though it was only two years, I feel like that was one of the things in I feel good at that four or five years, you know, time went by so fast. <laughs> yes, absolutely.
0: So, so just going all, going as far as you could with your education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, it's never too late. I know. (laughs)
1: You can always do it. Yeah, definitely. And just to add on to that, I think that um, I think it would have been nice to, to reach out to more connections and resources and community of therapists, because there's so many people in different fields that I'm still learning about. There are therapists and they're doing this job you know, and how they're making a difference and impacting others, you know. And one of the things that I'm like, hey, I want to go and teach at a community college and teach child development so I can tell, like, these, you know, new teachers, trauma is going to impact a child's behavior and their learning process, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and, and that's so important because uh, teachers, like, they're really, I mean, they're really doing the work out there, right, with, mm-hmm. with these kiddos for hours and hours i mean we see them once a week for an hour you know but they're with them monday through friday Mm -hmm. for all hours
1: such difference i think that you know whenever i've had a um somebody in my life that they're teachers and they understand psychology how they are like oh i can identify what's going on and yes absolutely right Mm -hmm. is a little one going through they're having a hard time right coping
0: with whatever is going on in their lives yes absolutely oh well sandra thank you so much for this conversation thank you for sharing about your journey and your expertise and for folks that that listen to this and would like to get to know you better or perhaps even work with you how can
1: they find you yeah so um i have my website uh um, And I'm gonna include it in the show notes as well. Okay, yes. Yeah, so my, you know, my name is kind of long, but you know, you can I'll, find it online. Yeah. I'll, I'll <laughs> no, I'll, I'll put it in I'll yeah. put the whole spelling
0: <laughs> in the show notes. And then
1: I also have my Instagram page uh where I put like motivational quotes of affirmations, times when you need to do some self-reflection. So yeah, so and you'd like to get to know me visit those sites and that's where my story is my treatment approach what I'm doing today um my next goals with trauma are to um get trained in brain spotting learning again other tools right yeah because there's
0: so much out there right sometimes it's it's overwhelming but yeah it's in brain spotting it's I think it's it's a it's a good approach especially because you do EMDR because it's like the next step right it's Mm -hmm. an added layer to the to the EMDR work. So wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Sandra, for this. (laughs) And I will talk to you soon. All right. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope that you found it healing and nourishing to your mind and soul. If there's a friend that you think would benefit from listening to this information, please share it, share about our podcast. If you feel called to, please leave us a review as this really, really helps boost our presence here in Apple Podcasts and it makes it easier for others to find us. To stay up to date on new episode releases and special events and projects that I'm working on, you can follow us on Instagram at Inner Healing Paths Podcast. And you can subscribe to my newsletter by going to my website, which is rosachetilcsw.com. And I will include this information and links in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to sharing with you again next time.